Romans chapter 10, please, as we continue with our series in Romans chapter 10. This evening we're going to be looking at unbelief, rebellion and rejection of Israel. Romans chapter 10 verses 18 through to 21. Let's have a look at those verses now. The Apostle Paul speaking and he says, But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, and by a foolish nation I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold and saith, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel he saith, All day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. Last week we looked at the importance of the preached word of God, that is, hearing the gospel of Christ, believing it, calling on the name of the Lord and being saved. As we continue to look at the Apostle Paul's epistle to the Romans, we shall look at chapter 10, those verses that I've just read to you there. Starting off with verse 18 again, he says, But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. Yet again, under divine inspiration, the Apostle quoted the Old Testament Scriptures. He's been doing quite a lot of that. And from the Old Testament Scriptures, he made a gospel application. Paul was quoting Psalm 19 and verse 4, which is about the heavenly bodies. In that verse, in Psalm 19, verse 4, it is written, Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun. Paul made a gospel application from that, in that just as the sun, the moon, the stars, and creation generally speak about the existence, the power, the wisdom, and the goodness of God, so too does the gospel of Christ speak to the Jews about the glorious character of God, with with Jesus himself being the light of the world and the son of righteousness who comes with healing in his wings. Even if a Jew has never heard or bothered to listen to the doctrine of the apostles in the New Testament, he most certainly has heard the preaching of the gospel of Christ in the Old Testament, such as Isaiah chapter 53, which from start to finish is about the Lord Jesus Christ, his suffering, his sacrificial death, his exaltation, and the righteousness that is by faith in him. It's all there 
in the 12 verses of Isaiah chapter 53. Therefore, even though the Jews have been dispersed across the world, they cannot legitimately say that they have not heard the gospel. It's right there in the Old Testament scriptures. Let's have a look at verse 19. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people and by a foolish nation I will anger you. In this verse, Paul, who had just made it clear that the Jews heard the gospel of Christ wherever they were, is now asking if they understood what the rejection of the gospel implied. The answer again is yes, of course they knew. They knew the consequences of unbelief. After all, they had Moses 1,500 years earlier, who even before Israel entered the promised land, after Israel was delivered from slavery in Egypt. Moses said in Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 5, They have corrupted themselves. Their spot is not the spot of his children. They are a perverse and crooked generation. How about that? That is in the wilderness, even before entering the promised land. And in Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 20, the Lord said through his servant Moses, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be. For they are a very froward generation, children in whom is no faith. In other words, children who did not believe. And as quoted by Paul here in Romans chapter 10 and verse 19, the Lord said in Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 21, they have moved me to jealousy with that which is not God. They have provoked me to anger with their vanities, with their idols. And I will move them to jealousy with those which are not my people, the Gentiles. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. Putting all of that together, what is said about the Jews in Deuteronomy is that they are a perverse and crooked generation. They have no faith and God will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. Again, with the Gentiles. That is a very serious indictment on the Jews. God would provoke them to anger and jealousy because of their unbelief. And he would call the Gentiles. Paul showed that to be the case by quoting Old Testament scriptures, which the Jews were brought up on and taught from a very early age. Let's have a look at verses 20 and 21. But Isaiah is very bold and saith, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel, he saith, All day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. 
Having quoted Moses in verse 19, Paul now quotes Isaiah, who about 800 years after Moses, pulled no punches. He spelled out loud and clear that the Gentiles would be called. I want to impress upon you that all of this was in Old Testament prophecy. God talking about calling the Gentiles. Provoking Israel to anger, to jealousy, calling the Israel, uh, calling the, the Gentiles rather. It's all there in the Old Testament prophecy. Verse 20 and 21 are taken from Isaiah chapter 65 verses 1 and 2 where it is written, I am sought after them that ask not for me. I am found of them that sought me not. The Gentiles. I said, behold me, behold me unto a nation that was not called by my name. I have spread out my hands all the day unto a rebellious people, the Jews, which walketh in a way that was not good after their own thoughts. There are no prizes for guessing that that rebellious people are the Jews. I now want to bring together some of the important lessons to be learnt from chapter 9 and chapter 10. I want to bring in some additional thoughts as well for when we enter chapter 11. We, we need to be prepared in our minds for when we enter Chapter 11, I was going to say that all-important chapter. The whole of Romans, the whole of Scripture is important. But chapter 11 is pivotal. And we need to have a good grasp of chapters 9 and 10, the chapters leading up to it. Ideally, we need to have a good grasp of the first 10 chapters leading up to chapter 11. But we'll stick with chapters 9 and 10. What can be seen in chapter 9 and 10 is the calling of some of the Jews, but most certainly not all of them. That was very clear in chapter 9. For example, chapter 9 focuses on the sovereignty of God in election, that not all of national Israel belong to spiritual Israel. There are two different Israels, a national Israel and a a spiritual Israel. God will have mercy on whom he will have mercy and whom he will, he hardeneth. I know people harden themselves, but God hardens people. That the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him, of God that calleth. Then chapter 10 focuses on the unbelief of the Jews who had a zeal, but not according to knowledge. Consequently, they sought to establish their own righteousness through works of the law, instead of, instead of through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and his finished works in life and in death. For example, in verse 16 of chapter 10, Paul quoted the gospel of Christ according to the prophet Isaiah, who in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 1 started off by saying, Lord, who have believed our report? We heard it from Daniel earlier on, the first verse 
of Isaiah 53. Who have believed our report? Or who have believed our message? The clear implication of those words is that not all the Jews would believe the gospel. And if attention has been paid to chapter 9, we know why it is that not all the Jews would hear the gospel with ears to hear. Not all of the Jews would believe the gospel. That the purpose of God, according to election, might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. Still in chapter 10, Paul quoted Moses, who spoke about the Jews being provoked to jealousy and anger as a result of God calling the Gentile nations. We saw that in verse 19. As such, we need to appreciate that the jealousy and the anger of the Jews because of the calling of the Gentiles by God was foretold in the Old Testament long before it happened, long before the Gentiles were called. It was all predicted in the Old Testament. So what you can do is forget any idea that God looked down from heaven and he saw the unbelief of the Jews and God thought, well, what on earth am I going to do now? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to call the Gentiles. Call the Gentiles to salvation as a consequence of God seeing the unbelief of the Jews. That is not how it was at all. The fact is that it always was part of God's salvation plan to call both Jews and Gentiles to salvation from sin through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Indeed, it can be seen in Old Testament prophecy that God would send his son into the world to be a light to the Jews and to the Gentiles. For example, in Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 6, again, 700 years or so before Jesus came into the world, God said to his son, It is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. Therefore, Israel already knew from the Old Testament scriptures that God would provoke unbelieving Jews to jealousy and anger and he would call the Gentiles to salvation. It wasn't a knee-jerk reaction from God looking down from heaven. It's enshrined in Old Testament prophecy and you can take it further. That prophecy is the consequence of God's eternal decree. Furthermore, the unbelief and the rebellion of the Jews, even to the point of killing the Lord Jesus Christ, is clearly spoken of elsewhere in the New Testament. For example, in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verse 22 to 23, Peter, speaking to a crowd of Jews on the day of Pentecost, said, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. 
Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determined determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. In other words, it was God's plan. Ye, that is the Jews, have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. And in Acts chapter 7, verse 51 and 52, Stephen, preaching to Jews, said to them, Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart, and ears. Ye do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do ye. In other words, Old Testament, New Testament, all through history, stiff-necked, unbelieving, not believing the message from God through his prophets. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them, which showed before of the coming of the just one. The just one is Jesus, of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers. What an indictment that is. As for God calling the Gentiles upon the rebellion of the Jews and their rejection of Jesus, Jesus spoke very clearly about that in his parables. I'm going to turn to Matthew chapter 22, very interesting what Jesus himself says in this parable. Matthew chapter 22. I'll read verses 1 to 10. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son. We can guess who the king is and who the son is here. The king is God, the son is the Lord Jesus Christ. And sent forth his servants, his prophets, to call them that were bidden to the wedding and they would not come. Who is it who would not come? The Jews. Again, he sent forth other servants, saying, tell them which are bidden. Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants, took the prophets, and entreated them spitefully, and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies, and destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. The destruction of Jerusalem there. The destruction of the temple... It's all happened. Verse 8. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. This is the unbelieving Jews who were not worthy. 
Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. This is turning now to the Gentiles. So those servants went out into the highways, perhaps the servants now of the apostles and uh, New Testament evangelists and so on. They went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both good, bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. So can you see it? It's all there in that parable of the Lord Jesus Christ. The rejection of the gospel by God's ancient people, Israel. The slaying of the prophets, the servants of God, and then the calling of the Gentiles. Finally, throughout the Old Testament, the Jews can be seen to be in rebellion against God, forsaking God, the fountain of living water, and digging for themselves broken cisterns that can hold no water, despite the prophets being sent to them to call on them to repent with messages such as in Ezekiel where the, where the prophet said, where God speaking through his prophet rather said, As I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? Also the prophets of God proclaim the gospel of Christ, who would eventually come into the world. Even so, they were a disobedient and rebellious and unbelieving people. Then when finally the Son of God the Lord Jesus Christ, whom the prophets spoke about, came into the world, he was rejected and he was put to death by his own, the Jews. As it is written in John's Gospel, chapter 1 and verse 11, he came unto his own and his own received him not. But what about you, dear people? We now have a Bible that consists of the Old Testament and the New Testament and they both proclaim the same glorious truth that Jesus was wounded for our transgressions, that he was bruised for our iniquities, that the chastisement that was a, um, the chastisement, well, the chastisement of our peace is upon him and with his stripes we are healed. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen.